You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 38. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord, not by Sean Babiak, but by a special guest host this week, Roro. What is going on, Roro? Hello, Daniel. Thank you for having me. I am very excited to be here. Thank yeah, you I'm doing good. Absolutely, man. Uh, I don't know if you want to just kind of talk about like who you are and how we know each other, or if you okay. want to go into anything like that. Sure. Um, so I'm Roro, and I know Dan, uh, Dan is here, DTM, yeah. as your username is, yep. from uh, a while back. We used to watch, uh, obviously, we're kind of funny best friends, so the fans are kind of funny, mm-hmm. but there was a little podcast called Media Interactive, where we used to watch... Uh, a show like similar to this one where we'd be in the chat together and we would chat. We would be pretty regular, regular uh, guests on that show. And that's how we met through that chat. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Uh, I was very, very excited to uh, actually have you on the show this week. It was kind of last minute. (laughs) I was like, Hey, you want to do this? Cause I was just like, for all the stuff going on right now in the world and like uh just knowing you and like how big of a fan of video games you are i was like that this is just a perfect opportunity to kind of bring in someone with another voice that uh i don't feel like we necessarily uh get as much as we uh should in this world um just uh briefly to uh kind of um you know go over everything that's happening right now in the world The first thing I want to say is racism is an absolutely awful, awful thing in this world. And unfortunately, it has lived on through many generations. And it's something that shouldn't be accepted by anyone. It should be uh, fought against at every step of the way. And um, obviously, with some of the incidents that have happened in the last several years, for instance, with George Floyd, uh, most recently, it's absolutely awful what, what had what had happened uh, with police brutality and unnecessary um, actions against uh, African Americans, and uh, and it's just it's such an awful thing to see in this world. But the I think the important thing here is no matter what you think, you know you don't know everything you think you know. So people out there saying like, well, I'm not racist, but like, no, that's not, no, there's no but, there's no but. So just as a brief background here, um, about, what, 2014, I believe, uh, was the year of the Ferguson uh, riots. And just to kind of, uh, Roro, just to kind of give you an idea of, uh, you know, where I have grown as a person. Um, In 2014, when those protests were going on, I didn't really fully grasp what was, you know, being told to me. Um, We got, that was kind of the uh, launching point for Black Lives Matter. And at that time, I had in my head, when people said Black Lives Matter, I had in my head, for whatever reason, that Black Lives Matter meant uh, that every other life doesn't matter other than Black Lives. Like, I almost thought of it as, like, this cult or something. I'm not even sure. Like, I had such a warped perspective on that, and I'm I'm not saying that, you know, um, I supported, like, violence against uh, uh, black people or anything like that. Like, I'm not at all that and i've never been that but i just didn't understand what that meant back then and to be honest i didn't really fully understand it until these events that have taken place now with george floyd because this is really the biggest thing that has happened since those 2014 um ferguson uh uh protests i'm i may have worded that wrong before i meant to say protests i'm not sure how i worded that but um, so I feel like I've grown quite a bit since then. And now I understand after seeing and reading and researching and figuring everything out now 
I realized that Black Lives Matter doesn't mean the things that I thought it meant. Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter means that Black Lives Matter because <laughs> there's things there's things in this world that are happening to black people that the normal uh, white person or the normal Asian person necessarily doesn't have to deal with. Uh, they they grew up in a different uh, environment. Um, you don't have to deal with the social uh, repercussions of uh, police officers seeing you differently or uh, walking down the street, someone sees you differently. Uh, and unfortunately, we do live in this world where there are racists out there. And, and that's something that I don't have to deal with. And that's something that I've never had to imagine myself before this. And I am 100% grateful for everyone who has kind of opened my eyes to this. Um, especially, I have I have family that are police officers. Uh, I, I have um, friends that, that are uh, African American, uh, such as yourself, and other <laughs> friends as well that I actually am friends with in real life that I've had discussions with, and they've really opened my eyes to these things. And while I, while I will say not all police officers are necessarily um, uh, all the same. For instance, my family, we all grew up the same way. So I know my family and I know that they aren't those type of people. But the problem is, is you have the police in general that are doing these things and are um, being hyper aggressive. And even at the protests, they're they're being overly aggressive in situations that they don't necessarily need to be. And I feel like this whole thing happening right now has really opened my eyes personally uh, to everything happening right now. And uh, yes, black lives absolutely matter. And uh, I definitely recommend everyone to kind of, you know, do your own research and, and figure everything out for yourself because until you do that, you can't necessarily uh, speak to uh, what what's going on appropriately. Um, so I don't know uh, what 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 your thoughts are, Roro, on that, but uh, I just wanted to kind of tell that little story there. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, that's awesome. I'm glad that you know you had a certain view about the cause at some point, and it and it changed over time after you know looking into it a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally, I totally get that, like, point of view that people think, oh, when people say Black Lives Matter, that means nobody else does. But that's, it's not the case. And I, I really try to say that when I see somebody say all lives matter, like, that's not what we're saying. And it's like what you said. Yeah. Um, it's just that certain things are happening to Black people, and it's not getting noticed. So we have to try and bring a little bit more clarity to the issue and just kind of focusing on on that but um yeah even on twitter like i've I've been seeing a lot of people on the other side quote unquote and i've been like trying to get into people's dms and like how you were saying having different conversations with people on again quote unquote the other side and it's just so it's crazy that there is another side to this right racism is bad and that should be the end of it i I don't understand how how there's a right and a wrong there's a right and a wrong to this, but I don't understand how you could be like racism ba- is bad, but and I, I don't know. It's it's a lot to to digest. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that we have people like you and that are you know supporting the cause and helping out, and um, it's good to see that um, this it has so much steam this time, a lot of momentum, and I hope it doesn't let up. I, and of course, I don't support destroying everything. Right. But this problem or issue needs to be uh, spotlighted. And I think that people are doing it. And like you were saying, there's peaceful protests going on. And there yep. are some pretty angry cops that are destroying it for some reason, just going in and wrecking the place. And people are just kneeling and yep. talking. And there's a lot of videos on, out there. And some people are just nitpicking the ones that push their narrative. On Again, on both sides, this is happening. And yep. I just wish each side would, would look a little bit further and just see what the other side's saying Absolutely. and what the other side is saying and then just come to the middle because I, I really do think that most of us want the same thing, but like stuff is just being lost in translation and yep. it's really sad. It sucks, but 
at the end of the day, Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, and I agree with everything you said. And uh, I think the other important thing to, to kind of point out is, like, many of the peaceful protesters aren't the same people. I say many, I'd say probably 99.9% .9 of them are not the rioters and looters that are going and breaking windows and stealing and doing the things at night. Uh, even in Cincinnati, uh, close to where I live, um, like I, I've been seeing the, uh, uh, the broadcast each night cause they kind of, uh, cover it to see what's going on. And like, you see these people that are, um, looting and breaking windows and stuff like that, but it's not the same people as the ones that are being peaceful. And there's actually an interesting video I saw today on Twitter of some police officers that were uh, grouped up talking to a, a group of, of black individuals and uh and the police were saying yeah we we know you guys aren't the ones uh that are causing all of this violence because we know you guys we've seen you guys on the streets protesting peacefully and these other people are coming from like out of town and other places and destroying uh destroying the city essentially and it sucks that people are trying to take advantage of this situation uh, just for their own benefit, um, essentially. Yeah. Like, I, it is very frustrating in that regard. And I, not to defend, like, not to defend many of what the, the police have done, but that probably is part of the problem of, you know, police pushing back too much because of these people that aren't involved with the peaceful protests being mixed in with the peaceful protesters and like it's such a it's such an awful situation it just it sucks yeah, it sucks it sucks yeah it sucks so yeah i i appreciate you coming on uh to the show though and uh kind of giving your per perspective on everything and uh there's one more thing i want to say the, our president is an absolute idiot uh, he's a bigot. He is probably one of the most racist ones of, of them all. And yeah. I, while I am, I'm not a fan of the uh, opposition uh, for this fall's election either, but yeah. honestly, I don't know how much worse it can be than Donald Trump at this oh, point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't vote for the man in 2016. Uh, I, I didn't vote for Hillary either, for full disclosure. I didn't vote for either one of them. I didn't like either one of them as candidates or him as a person. Uh, and this year, I do not plan on voting for him uh, <laughs> again. So, yeah, I. it's just... I think it's it's it all comes from leadership as well because you saw... Obama in 2014 after the protests uh, that occurred then how much leadership he showed during those times and Donald Trump shows almost the exact opposite of that um, so yeah. yeah that's my two cents yeah <laughs> so. I live in Canada but I mean it still obviously trickles down here too yeah what's going on uh, up there as, as we've seen like around the world there's a bunch of protests going on in places that aren't the u.s but yeah it's 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 crazy it's crazy absolutely agree so uh that kind of ends that section of the podcast <laughs> so i just wanted to get that out there because this was too big of a situation to not address it and uh kind of give our thoughts and and kind of our stance on that and i know if sean was here he would echo the exact same sentiments that i uh, that i echoed so um yeah, he, uh, Sean unfortunately couldn't join us because he had uh, arrangements at work that he had to address, but he would be on the exact same wavelength. So, uh, But moving into the show, thank you everyone to watching us live and participating <laughs> in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every week on YouTube. Just search podcast PXN and you will find us on there. The topic of the show this week is our favorite black video game characters of all time. But first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. First item on the PXN News of the Week, Roro, is Prey VR has been listed as a PSVR game by a retailer. Did you did you ever play uh, Prey when it came out? 
I did not. Oh man, <laughs> I did not play it. Is it a good one? It is really good, actually. Uh, so Prey was rebooted by uh, Bethesda um, not that long ago. God, I can't even remember what year that was at this point. Oh, uh, yeah. But it was a really, really good game. Uh, it was very much like a Bioshock-esque type of experience mm-hmm. um, set in like this uh, weird, like gritty um alien world type of experience it was it was a space station you're taking place on a space station and you're dealing with these little like uh gel looking monsters that could transform yeah 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 and they could like transform into objects and stuff and it was crazy but uh yeah i think this would be super cool in vr because especially like the uh mechanics in vr where you're using your hands to like pick up and interact with objects Mm, and stuff because you do a lot of that with prey so yeah i I think this sounds super cool um that yeah it sounds great like you were saying with uh how you pick up stuff uh in the game with your controllers it'll really meld uh well with the vr type of gameplay and even the horror aspects of it with the aliens it's it's only going to get worse with (laughs) the screen is right in front of your face Oh yeah, that would that would be terrifying. I could definitely see that being terrifying. Uh, I the other thing is I hope this isn't a PSVR exclusive because I don't own mm. PSVR. I have uh, I have a Rift Oculus Rift, um, or I'm sorry, not a Rift. I have a Quest Oculus <laughs> Quest. So it's the wireless one that you can kind of uh, use without wire wires, but you can nice. also plug it into your computer as well. So uh, I would love for this to come to that, but I know Sean has a PSVR, so he'd probably be excited for this. Uh, Nice. So moving on to more PlayStation news, we have our PlayStation 5 reveal event. So this week's show was originally intended to be uh, essentially us covering the PS5 reveal Mm -hmm. event that was uh, scheduled to take place today. Uh, But obviously that event has been postponed Obviously, during this time, uh, as we already talked about in the top of or the top of the show, uh, the uh, this movement of Black Lives Matter has become much more important than anything else right now. So, obviously, Sony made the very smart decision to push this back indefinitely. Uh, we don't have a date, um, but I know I'm very excited to see what they have to show when they when they show it. Um, obviously, this is the right decision. Uh, I'm sure you're very excited as well as a mainly PlayStation gamer. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I was super hyped, obviously, for it to be this week when they initially announced it. Um, but as you were saying, some more important things have come come to the surface, and they're trying to let uh, Black Lives Matter be the loudest voice right now, which is which is great. And a lot of other video game companies are following suit and like delaying events and putting out their statements and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, do you have just before we, we talked about this last week? But do you have any like uh, predictions or what what you think that you're gonna see next uh, at this reveal event? Um, I really hope to see. I I might I think this is maybe a little asking a little bit too much, but I really hope to see like a tease for Spider Man Two. Oh, oh um, yes, that might be too much too early um because this is the first event and all that but um i really hope to to see a spider-man 2 even just like a logo it doesn't have to be much i just want to know that insomniac's already working on it i'm sure they're already working on it but i just like like to see a confirmation of that you know (laughs) and me and sean were just talking about this i don't don't know if it was last week or a couple weeks ago but uh, I was talking about how I hate how <laughs> companies show like a logo and then don't show <laughs> anything like three for three years or whatever. Uh, yeah. But in this case, I would make an exception because I absolutely loved Spider-Man PS4. That was my that was my game of the year, even over God of War. Uh, oh, I love the ugh, that was such a good game, man. It was so hard for me to choose that year too between God of war and spider-man and surprisingly i chose god of war but spider-man is so really so good. good yes and it would be amazing if they uh if they 
basically had like a conglomeration of spider-man mm-hmm. i don't know how they would do that but like miles morales peter parker mm-hmm. uh spider gwen like having everything all of them together i think that would be super cool yeah. i don't know how they would do that with the story um but yeah. i think that would be awesome that would uh, be cool Moving on, though, uh, we have more PlayStation uh, reveal event kind of leaks, or not really leaks, but kind of what we're expecting based on uh, what people are saying. So the lead animator at Guerrilla Games, who obviously is the developer of Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, started commenting on the PS5 reveal event. So when it was first announced uh, last week, uh they this guy went on there and started like commenting like suspiciously so this kind of fueled the flames of what we were project predicting last week which uh which was horizon zero dawn sequel which is what mm-hmm. i thought we were gonna see at this event uh so i'm very excited for that i, I really liked horizon zero dawn uh and i loved like anything with dinosaurs even though they're mechanical <laughs> dinosaurs i'm all in for that like yeah what what were you th- what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm excited for Horizon Zero Dawn two as well for sure. Um, I love the first game also. Um, the the world was huge. The the combat was so cool with the you know like with the dinosaurs with the robot dinosaurs. Yeah. But but like the melding of future and prehistoric, it was it's such a cool world and Aloy is awesome obviously. Yeah. Um, Climbing those yeah, tall necks that was super cool. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so it's going to be so exciting to see uh, how they build upon that. Like, and It's so cool to see these already amazing games like Spider-Man, The Last of Us Part II, Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, how, how do you make that game better? But they're yeah. going to with mm. the PS5, with all the stuff that they can do now, making yeah. the world bigger. Tall necks will be taller somehow, and <laughs> it's going to be so cool to, to see that. You know how you make it better? You make Horizon Zero Dawn with Breath of the Wild climbing. Yes. <laughs> that would be <laughs> <Thank> awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Because I, I know oh, that was God. a lot of people's complaints about Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn, actually, was because it came out like right at the same time as uh, Zelda did, and yeah. people were like, I can't climb that? What do you mean? Yeah. Like I had a lot of issues like uh, navigating that world, as beautiful as it was, but there was, yeah. like, there was a checkpoint that was... That's where I'm supposed to go. But yeah. I have to go all the way around this mountain. I could just, why can't I just climb up this? And there yeah. were definitely a lot of times where I would just like shimmy, 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 shimmy up the, the, <laughs> the mountain. Probably would have taken longer yeah. to shimmy up the mountain instead of just going the long way. But I just, yeah. I had to do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and can we just agree that uh, you, you said Horizon Zero Dawn 2, but I think it should be called Horizon 1 Dawn. Am I, am I right? Definitely, definitely. definitely. <laughs> I'm just—that was terrible. That was cheesy. Uh, moving, moving on. Uh, more PlayStation news. Um, it, this is continuing on the same kind of train. There, uh, more from the PS5 event. Jason Schreier, f- formerly of Kotaku, he's now with Business Weekly, something like that. I forget. Yeah, I forget the name. Uh, but he's reporting that uh, Sony is going to be showing both first-party and big third-party games as well at their event. So uh, obviously we're going to see first-party games. So Horizon Zero Dawn 2, obviously. Spider-Man tease would be amazing. Uh, and I'm not sure I'm not sure what else they would show first-party-wise, but third-party, there's so many games that we don't even know about. Like, one that sticks out in my mind that they've had a partnership in the past uh, with is Rocksteady Games. We have not mm-hmm. seen Rocksteady Games make a game since 2015, 14, 14 yeah. or 15 with Batman Arkham Knight. We have no idea what they're working on. Like, I would love to see them come out on their reveal event stage and show off whatever they're working on. Yeah, I'm, I'm dying for whatever they're working on too. Um, I would like to see whatever, uh, I think Warner Brothers is working on Batman now, right? Yes, uh, WB game? Montreal, yeah. WB Montreal, yeah. I. So I, I'm i like Barrett Courtney on this one. I, I'm, I'm desperately waiting for yeah. when, when they show show this off because they've been teasing it so much. Yeah. And they just, just give it to us. Yeah. So it'd just, be really cool if they show it off there. That would be awesome. I agree. 
And that's the thing with the WB Montreal project. Like you said, it's been literally months since they last gave us a tease, but they've been teasing this for like almost six months, I feel like, at this point. Like, yeah. what the heck? You got to show something at some point. But it's ridiculous. It's it, ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. Uh, so the final. What? Sorry. I was go ahead. Say Jason Schreier uh, is at Bloomberg right now. Bloomberg. Bloomberg. That's yeah. it. Shoot, I knew it was a B. <laughs> uh, uh, um, this is our last uh, PlayStation news story of the week. So Jim Ryan has said that PlayStation is not interested in bringing new PS5 games to PlayStation 4 as well. So this is interesting. This is kind of contrary to what we were thinking. We've talked about this on the podcast before, where um we were talking about how microsoft is doing such a good job with compatibility that uh halo infinite is a launch title for xbox series x but it's also coming to pc and xbox one as well so like you if you want to play there you can certainly play there now sony's coming out in a completely different direction where they're basically saying uh all their first party games on playstation 5 that are new experiences will not come out on ps4 so I thought this was interesting because they're two very different approaches. Sony's kind of taking the more traditional approach where you're basically cutting ties with the previous generation as soon as possible. Whereas Microsoft is saying, hey, we want to support these consoles as long as we can. I'm not really sure which one is necessarily the correct answer um, yeah. b- because he has a good point when he, he said that, uh, you know, you can cater your games towards that console when you're just focusing on that one console, which I agree with to a certain extent. But at the same time, these consoles are so much more like PCs than they've ever been before. And uh, with Microsoft already showing the initiative where they have all of their first-party games going on PC already, they already do the stuff where you scale down to whatever minimum requirement you have. So... I don't feel like it's going to be as big of a deal as, you know, you would think necessarily. Like Halo Infinite is being built on this new engine that has the ability to scale from PC to Xbox Series X to Xbox One. And I I don't know that it's necessarily going to hold back developers, um, but it, it, it kind of is an interesting uh, back and forth. They have two different approaches. I don't. What do you think about uh, their approaches? Do you have any preference on the two? Uh, I mean, my preference is what Xbox is doing for sure, with being able to, you know, pick up a Xbox Series S um, or Xbox the the all digital one. Like yeah. I could pick that up for dirt cheap and play mm-hmm. Halo Infinite. Like that's yep. that's awesome. That's definitely a a gamer uh, customer move. Like they're keeping them in mind there for sure. And PlayStation seems to be, like you're saying, the traditional route. They want to make money when they're making their PS5. Everybody buy the PS5. That's where you're going to be able to play the PS5 games. PS4, play PS4 games there. So I I understand why PlayStation uh, wants to go this route because they want everybody to buy their new console. Not to say that Xbox fans won't buy the new Xbox when it comes out, but it... Like me, I might take a little bit longer to buy the new Xbox if I can play yeah. the new Xbox games on my PC or on my old Xbox One. Absolutely. And I think that's awesome and a great move, but yeah. PlayStation, I wish PlayStation would do that, honestly, but I understand why they're not doing that. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And, and kind of the other uh, aspect to this is, like, some people are concerned about what the... Um, supply chain is going to look like for these new consoles so if for instance you can't get your hands on a playstation 5 or an xbox series x like for instance if for whatever reason if i couldn't get an xbox series x i can still play halo infinite on my xbox one or my pc and like with playstation 5 yeah yeah right yeah and like (laughs) you don't i I would not even know what to do with myself if I couldn't play Halo Infinite on launch day. I would lose my mind. So like, yeah. th- that is that definitely me with Spider Man, Spider Man Five, if uh, or not Spider Man Five, Spider Man Two on the PlayStation Five. Yeah. Say it did come out holiday, 
for somehow it comes out this year or something, yeah. something crazy. But I'm not being able to play it when it when it comes out because I literally can't get my hands on a PS5. Yeah, that would be that would suck. Yeah, I agree. It's it's definitely. Uh... I understand where Sony's coming from here. It's just, um, it's just, I don't know that I necessarily would want it that way, you know. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they have their, uh, their, all their ducks in a row, I guess, with all the supply stuff happening. I know COVID nineteen is obviously putting a strain on that, but yeah. hopefully they they know what they're doing. <laughs> I agree, agree completely. Um, moving on, we have another uh, news showcase that was delayed uh, that was originally supposed to take place, I believe, next week. Uh, CD Projekt Red has announced that they are delaying the Cyberpunk 2077 news showcase, which is which they were calling Night City Wire, and they've de- delayed it to June 25th. So we actually have a, a hard date for that one, which is good. It's something to look forward to. Um, obviously again, we don't need to reiterate this each time, but like this is obviously black lives matter. So go support that. Uh, that's the reason why these things are happening because that's the important subject of, of the time right now. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know about you. Are you very, uh, excited for cyberpunk or just kind of indifferent? I, I'm super excited for it. Yes, I, I am super excited now. When yeah. it first was announced, I was like, I, I wasn't a huge fan of The Witcher 3. So that that's why I wasn't super pumped for a new CD Projekt Red game. I know how awesome Witcher 3 is. I know it's an amazing game. It's just not like yep. the world isn't my sort of uh, cup of tea. Like fantasy mm-hmm. uh, settings isn't what I'm totally in for. Yep. But Cyberpunk, definitely in for. But I wasn't. 100% on board because of how I felt about The Witcher 3, but after seeing everything that I've seen about this game, Keanu Reeves, I mean, <laughs> I mean everything that I've seen about this game looks awesome, how uh, intricate the systems are, how deep yep. uh, everything is. It's, it looks amazing, and I can't wait to for this event to, to see more. We've seen so much. Or, well, I shouldn't say we've seen so much, but we've seen enough to get, like, this hyped about it so I, I can't wait to see what else they have to show oh I, I agree completely and literally you just without knowing it you just said exactly what i just said like <laughs> last week where i'm not a huge witcher 3 fan uh like i i absolutely respect the franchise but yeah. like you said i'm not i'm not huge into fantasy i played it uh i just didn't really i've spent like maybe four five or six hours with it um and i absolutely <laughs> respect it just like you but uh, it's just not my cup of tea. And I actually likened, last week, I likened it to um, Bethesda with Skyrim versus Fallout. Yeah. Like, I, I actually like uh, Skyrim. Uh, I like Skyrim. But Fallout is way, way, way more my speed uh, when it comes to Bethesda games. So I feel like this is the same situation. Like, Cyberpunk is their Fallout, essentially, mm-hmm. which is super yeah, exciting. I- I agree with that. I'm in the same same boat with Bethesda too, actually, where I'm not, not again. I respect Skyrim. I know yeah. how important it is to the games industry. It's an awesome game, and it did what it did. But I'm more of a Fallout Fallout fan as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, I just thought that was funny. You literally said the same thing I said <laughs> last week, without even knowing. Uh, so moving on, uh, the next news story we have is. Uh, there's pictures of the new Xbox store for consoles that are being leaked, and it's codenamed Mercury. So, like the planet Mercury. I, I'm probably butchering how I say that. Mercury? Okay, yeah, that's better. Uh, <laughs> so, this new uh, look at the store actually looks super, super clean. I really like the new look for it. And my biggest complaint right now with the Xbox store, I'm not sure how much time you've spent with it because I know you're mainly a PlayStation guy, but uh, the store on Xbox is so freaking slow. You (laughs) Like you click something and you wait and you wait and you wait and then it comes up and you're like, all right, I got to click something else and then you wait and it's just so slow. This new look, it looks super fast and super like fluent design. Like I really like the new design. It actually reminds me of the Xbox app on Windows 10 
uh, where they kind of have everything in like, you know, uh, there's like guides on the left and then it's a super crisp, clean uh, picture. And then it has some tiles and I, I really like it. And the best part about it is the fluidity. He was clicking through different sections and it was going instantaneously, which obviously I don't know if this is going to be Xbox one or if this is going to be Xbox series X or what, mm-hmm. Um, but I really hope that this is coming to Xbox One as well because the store in Xbox One is so freaking slow. Yeah, I I like the look of it too, and I hope it comes to uh, Xbox One. I, I feel like it it would how they're trying to like meld their ecosystem into one big thing. Yeah, so I, I I hope it comes to Xbox One. Um, the PlayStation Store, I think it's been improved. Over time, it's definitely faster than it, it once was, but it, it's pretty slow too at times, especially yeah. when you're trying to look look at a trailer or something or images. It yeah. takes forever to load. I almost uh, wonder. I almost wonder if that if that's partly because of like um, the end of the generation. There's so many games now, like in the yeah. library, like yeah. it's just over uh, <laughs> saturated. But the, then you like wonder like what's going to happen with Xbox Series X because it supports literally every game that's on Xbox One and Xbox and X360. Uh, right. I, don't, I don't know how that's going to go. That's going to... It's going to be interesting. So, uh, the next news story we have, The Outer Worlds has gotten gameplay on the Nintendo Switch and it actually releases tomorrow. Um, so... I pulled this up. My friend actually sent one of my friends sent me a screenshot of uh, the trailer for this. And you see the left side is Xbox One X and then right side is Nintendo Switch. And my God, they had to do a lot to uh, optimize this for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I would definitely not recommend playing the Outer Worlds on Switch if you can play it somewhere else because... It is very, very stripped back. And obviously the frame rate is way stripped back as well. The frame rate was very choppy in in the demo that I saw. Uh, So, yeah, uh, (laughs) I'm glad that it's on another platform just because I love the Outer Worlds. It was my game of the year last year. Uh, I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, that was my game of the year. I absolutely adored that game. It reminded me so much of Fallout and... (laughs) Uh, if this can get it into more people's hands, awesome. But if you have somewhere else to play this, please play it there, <laughs> please. Please, please yeah. play it there. Yeah, I would say I would take it take it one step further. Just don't play it on the Switch. And yeah, just watch YouTube videos or something. Yeah, and just get your experience that way. Don't spend the money. <laughs> True, because it it looks it doesn't look it looks bad. It looks yeah. bad, and we say that about a lot of the the ports that are coming to the Switch, like whether it be Overwatch or The Witcher. It's like if you have another place to play it, play it there, um, and I and I agree with that. And but for this case, it's like it's pretty. It's really bad. It's really bad. Like I was watching a, a comparison video as well, and the they have to walk so close to an object to see the text that's written on it, as opposed to like obviously on the Xbox or any other console, you would be able to see it yeah. from a pretty far distance, but. Yeah, that, that's yeah. not not an optimal way to play that game no. at all. Even like the text, I feel like the text would be super hard to read. Like when the characters are talking, like sometimes people mm. like to go over their choices. I feel like that would be very hard on on a handheld as well. But yes, yeah, I don't know. Um, Even move- the docked version doesn't look that that great. Like what is playing it? it at handheld? The docked version, like when you're playing it oh. on the screen. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, from dock to handheld, it's handheld. It's obviously worse, but yeah, yeah it's it's a mess. Not good. Uh, moving on to our next news story, Kingdoms of Amalur Re Reckoning has been announced. Like, come on, come on with these freaking remaster names. Come on, Re Reckoning. Re Reckoning. Come, it is uh, coming in August, and uh, I think this is this is kind of an interesting one because this was uh, Kurt Schilling's 38 Studios that originally made this game, 
and uh, borrowed a ton of money from a local government, actually. Uh, I can't remember... I can't remember where they were based at but they borrowed money rhode island it was rhode island they borrowed money from rhode island government in order to create his studio and then this game came out and it actually the critical acclaim for this game was pretty good like people were like really positive on this game but then the game didn't sell that well and mm. things went downhill really quickly with 38 studios they went into legal battles with the with the government kurt Schilling went into legal battles obviously the studio shut down so i'm kind of excited for this to kind of come back and uh for people to check this out that maybe didn't get to check it out the first time yeah i think that's me i i i looked at i looked it up like as soon as it was announced the uh that there was going to be a remaster i was yeah. like i've heard of this i've heard greg miller talk about this i've heard like a couple of other people talk about this like what what is this and then i searched it up and I, I learned about it, but yeah, I'm excited to 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 maybe dive into this. Maybe it'll be. I, I saw it's going to be on uh, Xbox. That's the store that it leaked on yes. initially. So yeah, I'm sure yeah. it'll be on everything Xbox yeah. and PlayStation and PC. Yeah. But yeah, this this is really good news uh, in my opinion. And I'm in the same boat as you. I didn't play it originally either, so I'm kind of interested to possibly check it out as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And maybe one last hurrah before Cyberpunk in September. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on, EA Access is coming to Steam. A new announcement from EA. So EA actually did something good for once. <laughs> uh, but this is actually a good thing uh, for me personally because I've had EA Access from the beginning when they launched on Xbox One uh, because it's such a it's such a good value for one because if you buy ea games you're saving i think 10 percent off of each game that you buy so that adds up and then you get early access to demos and then you get access to their vault which they always every year they add games to their vault so like there's games like battlefront uh in there battlefront 2 i think's in there even now uh madden games fifa etc like you get a collection of all these games and it's only i believe thirty dollars for an entire year like it's a pretty much it's pretty much a, it sells itself for me personally uh if you don't buy ea games obviously it's not going to really yeah. have much benefit to you but uh otherwise it's really good value and i'm, I'm glad to see it kind of expanding to steam as well that's pretty cool i i i haven't looked that much into it because like you were saying i don't buy too many ea games yeah um but uh yeah that's that's cool that it's reaching a wider audience for sure absolutely uh so our final news story of the week hideo kojima has revealed a big project he was working on was recently scrapped and they are now working on whatever their next game uh is going to be so I thought this was interesting because there were like some grumblings uh, a few weeks ago, like a month or so ago, that they were possibly working on a Silent Hill game based on some of the tweets like that people associated with the studio were tweeting. Uh, they were tweeting stuff like related to Pyramid Head and stuff like that and being really cagey about that stuff, which people were confused because obviously Code... code Wait, Konami owns the IP of Silent Hill, so Kojima can't create a Silent Hill game without getting those rights, uh, which then made people speculate maybe Sony's purchasing the the IP from Konami. But at this point, uh, not sure if that's what was canceled or if something else was canceled or if that was not true. Um, I know after Death Stranding, it's going to be interesting to see where they go because I don't think they're going to make a sequel to Death Stranding. I, I wouldn't think. Um, I didn't play Death Stranding, so I don't really know how that ends or if it leaves room for a sequel. Uh, have you played Death Stranding? I I have. I'm, I haven't completed it yet, but I have enjoyed my time with it so far. Mm. Um, I think I have heard that they could make a sequel out of what the, the ending was. Okay. Um, I'm not sure, again, if they would. Yeah. But I think they did leave room to to possibly do so. Yeah. Yeah. That'll that'll but, be interesting. 
I don't. Sure. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I believe the rumors. Like, there's there's rumors out there that Sony's buying Silent Hill IP from Konami, and there's rumors that Microsoft's buying Metal Gear IP, which that does make sense because that's never been associated with an Xbox brand uh, yeah. before. So, yeah, there's a lot of rumors out there. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Kojima's really hard to read. He's a he's a special special kind. Yeah, he does what he wants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, moving on to the games we are playing. So I've had a busy week of working at my house this week. I've been trying to uh, get some grass because I got a patio put in at my house. But uh, I haven't had a ton of time to play uh, games. But I did start my uh, Halo 2 Anniversary Master Chief Collection Legendary Solo Campaign Run. That's a mouthful. Uh, so... <laughs> I started that, I'm about, I think I'm five missions deep already in Halo 2, so I love, it's amazing to go back to play that after I hadn't played the anniversary version since like 2014 when it came out originally, and see how amazing the blur cinematics are for Halo 2 Anniversary. It is absolutely stunning, like blur, if Microsoft were to just give blur uh, cinematics a bunch of money and say, hey, make us a Halo movie out of the game material, I would yeah. I would pay whatever price they want for that. That's <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much all I've I've worked on Very this fine. week. So uh what, I, have, what I have you played, been? I played Halo uh, the first one a couple of weeks ago. I'm still working on my first playthrough of the yes. franchise. Yes. Um but it's it's so crazy to see like what the original looked like compared to the, I guess the remaster or whatever yep. you would, would call it. Um, you could press like the tab button and you could switch between both uh, views and it's in, it's insane. So I could only imagine how Halo 2 looks. Yeah. So it's crazy. That, that's the best feature uh, yeah. of that game. That is awesome. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you're playing that you want to shout out? Um, uh, the Last of Us, the original last of us i don't have the part two unfortunately so sad yeah. but um i've been playing the the original game trying to uh just get through it before part two comes out in a couple of weeks so close and i'm playing it on survivor for the first time i tried playing it on grounded didn't go so well i got stuck so i i, I bumped it down a level and uh yeah i'm, I'm having lots of fun with it sweet awesome that that is definitely one of the best games of last generation and obviously they ported it to this generation but that game is absolutely stunning uh despite my criticisms of the sequel that i've talked about previously on this show but we will see where that goes uh the final thing on the show this week we have the topic of the show this week which uh i wanted to kind of highlight uh something that we don't really highlight too often um in as a kind of like a tribute to what's going on uh at the moment with everything with black lives matter uh so topic of the show this week is our favorite black video game characters of all time so my first one is pretty much a no-brainer like this one is this one is one of my favorite characters in general not just uh black characters but uh, characters in general sergeant johnson from halo one through three and as well odst as well but uh he is such a like over the top uh hilarious like i don't know down-to-earth character i absolutely love his character and what bungie did uh, to make his character so outgoing and so personable. It's such, he's such an amazing character and it sucks that they killed him in Halo. Well, wait, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, (laughs) they did not kill him. I don't know what you're talking about. they never killed Sergeant Johnson, but I, I I completely forgot your (laughs) shit. That's okay. Damn it. Uh, I think I've seen that somewhere. It, It did leave my mind. Yeah. Now I've been reminded. But Shit. No, I, I knew that already. All right. Well, yeah. I need you to purge your mind from the last 30 <laughs> seconds. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, Sergeant Johnson's such an amazing character, and Bungie did such an amazing job with him. Like, his most iconic lines, like, I cannot even fathom, like, how they came up with his material. Like, 
you know, his dear humanity when he says, Dear humanity, we regret coming to Earth. We regret being alien bastards. And we most certainly regret the core just blew up our raggedy-ass fleet. Like, that is such an amazing line because he's, he's making fun of the Covenant, essentially. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, he's he's an awesome character. He's awesome. So, cool guy, he's a cool guy. I don't know. Uh, what what's your your top one? Um, one of my favorites. This might be kind of lame one, but Lord Saladin from Destiny. The, oh, okay, yes. yeah. So he is the Iron Wolf, or the one of the one of the Iron Wolves in Destiny. And when he was first revealed, uh, obviously had a, he had a helmet on, so nobody knew what he looked like under the helmet until yeah. a. A later DLC called Rise of Wolves, where he's seen taking off his helmet, and you see this old grizzled black dude, and he has this really deep, like badass voice. And in this trailer, he has like a a fiery axe, and and it's just it's just one of the coolest things I've ever seen when he pulls that out, and then it just boom, and then it catches on fire. And yeah, that's one of my favorite trailers for uh, for Destiny because of obviously saladin revealed that he's uh he's a brother but yes. it was it was really cool to see uh to see him take on the fall and it was awesome his armor is so freaking it's sick so cool. too i love so his cool. armor that yeah that's a really another bungee character yeah absolutely bungee's rocking our list all right <laughs> we're only two characters in Damn. uh <laughs> My next one is Lincoln Clay from Mafia 3. This one, I don't think this one gets enough credit uh, for mm. what he did to this character. So if anyone doesn't know this, Mafia 3 takes place in like the 40s. I'm probably getting that wrong. 60s. I don't know. Some <laughs> older style uh, era where there's a lot of racism uh, amongst uh, the world. And... I thought that was a very interesting, um, you know, take on 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 the world because, you know, we we don't typically see that kind of stuff. We don't typically see like this is how things were back then, and like this is how. And obviously, we're talking about today how how big of a issue racism is today, even. But to even go back further and see it, you know. Uh, shown in even more uh, heavy of a light it just makes me you know connect more with Lincoln Clay who's this uh, this you know bootstraps uh, hard worker and he's kind of thrust into this terrible situation where he, he kind of has to get himself out of it and I, I really like his character in that game and uh, the atmosphere is just incredible to to kind of walk around and feel like you are a uh a person of 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 that origin when i couldn't otherwise relate to that you know yeah. it kind of and that's kind of how video games are powerful in that sense because you can actually take over as that character and you know feel some kind of connection to them like almost like you're feeling it you know hmm. yeah for sure it sucks that uh, the the reviews for the game weren't too good because I I heard the story was really good. The story, and the character, like you were saying, oh, yeah. the story and the characters are phenomenal. The gameplay, yeah. was <laughs> not so good. It was definitely a step down because Mafia Two was one of my favorite games. The gameplay was amazing for Mafia Two, and then I don't know what the hell they did for Mafia <laughs> Three. They just ruined it. I, I don't know. yeah, but the story is. In my opinion, the story alone is worth playing Mafia Three for because it has that good of a story. Um, what uh, you have another character that you wanted to yes shout out? So my next character, I'm, I'm trying to see which one I do next. I'm going to go with Lee Everett Everett from uh, The Walking Dead season. Well, I guess he's in all of them, but he yeah. was the main character in season in one. the first one in That's season one. Yeah, amazing um, pick. Yeah, he's a he's an awesome character. He's just so caring. The way he takes care of Clem, um, the way he he's a, he's a great leader. When it when obviously you you are the character, so you would play as him. So there's obviously gameplay that factors into that. But the character is a is a great leader. Um, he's fair. I just he's just an awesome awesome guy. And 
how we took care of Clem and seasoned the the finale for that season always breaks my heart. Oh, that's every awful. time. Yeah. And um, but yeah, Lee is a he's an awesome guy, as Clem as Clem says all the time. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree with those sentiments completely, and yeah. <laughs> The ending of season one that destroyed me as well. That was that was painful. Did you did you leave him or did you you know? I I shot him. Yeah, <laughs> you shot him. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, kind of on that same note though, I have Clementine. Uh, like she <laughs> she is such a powerful like character too. Like she starts as such an innocent little child in the first season and you watch as she becomes like this young woman in the final season where she, in my opinion, she shined in the final season more than she shined uh, anywhere else. And like you saw that growth of her throughout all the seasons and like, it just felt like the perfect opportunity for her. And I absolutely loved what they did with the final season. And, and, I very much um, liked how they finished that series without ruining uh, the ending there. I I thought it kind of, you know, went full circle. And it kind of tricks you in a way, too, without spoiling things. But uh, it kind of makes you think one thing and then they do something else, which I thought was kind of cool as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I've, I've seen the ending of it. I still need to play it myself and I really I really want to. But I, I I know what you're talking about there. Yeah. Um. But my one of my favorite Clem moments is uh, I think season two where she's she's still pretty young but she's obviously um, on her own now, hmm. and where I forget the characters that that did this to her. But when she's locked in the shed and she's trying to get out because uh, the people who locked her in there think that she's she's bitten, and Ooh. she does all these this crazy stuff. Zombies are trying to get in on her, but she overcomes it and when she gets out of the shed and everybody comes to check on her she's like still not dead so awesome and she's like six years old or like seven years old in in that in that part of it it's like such a badass at such a young age yeah i can only hope to be that cool someday (laughs) that was super powerful moment i i yes was that the cannibals place yes oh yeah i'm not sure i don't remember if it was if it was that okay um i feel like the people that locked her up actually became her allies later on oh. i think that was like lucas's season I okay think that i think you're right but, uh, yeah i think the cannibal ones with uh i don't remember when that happened or maybe it was maybe it was the cannibals i don't remember I, it's been such a long time <laughs> they all blurred together it's yeah like, yeah uh do you have another one that you want to share or... Uh, yeah. Um, I have I have one more. Okay. Cool. Um, and that is Nadine Ross from Uncharted Four and Lost Legacy. Um, so she another badass. Yes. Um, so I was watching some videos uh earlier before the show just to like jog my memory of why I, I love her so much. Mm-hmm. And there's like the 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 auction scene in Uncharted Four where she's there with, uh, I forget the guy's name, we're the main bad guy in that game. I forget. Oh, Everybody calls him Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember his uh, name either. Wraith, Wraith, I think his name is. Wraith. Uh, something like that. Um, but yeah, as the story progresses, she takes on Nathan Drake in one of, the, like, a library area. And it was in that moment, like, holy crap, this, this, this girl's kicking my ass. And yes. obviously Naughty Dog has, like, a way of how they tell their stories like no matter how hard i press the square button no matter how much i dodge she's meant to kick my ass so you know how much of a badass she is I, it doesn't matter how good of a player that you are let me tell you <laughs> nadine ross is a badass and they show it throughout the entire game she's she's always showing up and there's like the the bell tower uh scene where that's one of my favorite moments in video games like that whole sequence where you're fighting her and she she throws you out a window twice, I think, actually. <laughs> and I think Drake says that as a joke uh, a couple of times. The first time being what I was just describing in the library, she throws you out the freaking window and yeah. she does it again later uh, at the bell tower. And she's like, not, uh, Drake is like, not again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Nadine Ross is, is awesome in, in Uncharted 4 and obviously in Lost Legacy, which I think is slept on as an Uncharted game. Yeah, It's an awesome game. Um, 
and people should definitely definitely play that but nadine ross is awesome to be honest, I I never finished Lost Legacy. I really oh, should go back to finish God. it. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I love that one. And I love the Uncharted games, like one through yeah. four. I absolutely love those games for whatever reason. I don't remember why I stopped playing it, but I just stopped playing it and then never went back to it. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think the part that frustrated me was like the open uh, car mm. parts, like where you yeah, have to drive yeah. everywhere. That kind of annoyed me because the, the parts yeah. in Uncharted 4 where you had too much of that, I was kind of frustrated with, even though I still yeah. liked Uncharted 4. Um, so I feel like that might have been part of the reason why I stopped playing Lost Legacy. But mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely agree with your pick. Great, great pick for <laughs> strong female character uh strong female black character uh, but um moving on to my next one i have two more so i apologize that i have no one problem. more than you do uh no franklin from gta 5 what a freaking character he is <laughs> like i felt like after after uh rockstar did gta san andreas with uh uh cj was it the main character mm-hmm. um after they did him, I didn't know that they were going to surpass him as a character because I thought he was a really cool character. But then Franklin, I feel like Franklin is an even more uh, important character and he has more depth than than CJ did. And out of the three characters, I feel like him, him and Trevor are kind of my favorites because Trevor is just a freaking crazy dude. Like, you just love that because he's crazy. But yeah. Franklin was such an interesting character because he grew up, uh, essentially, he was uh, in the hood and he was taken in uh, by Michael and by uh, Trevor. They formed this alliance, so to speak, and they, they're they all three people of very different walks of life, which was super cool to see that uh, dynamic. And Franklin kind of, you know he was almost the voice of reason many times. Like Michael was often like off the rails and Trevor was just freaking crazy. Uh, So like he was their voice of reason essentially. So like he was, in my opinion, one of the best GTA characters that we've ever gotten. Um, But uh, moving on to my final character, this is another really good character, powerful character, Captain Anderson from the Mass Effect trilogy. And I just want to shout out to my my favorite, one of my favorite voice actors, Keith David. Absolutely phenomenal voice actor. Uh, he voices the Arbiter in Halo as well. And his voice is so powerful. Like, I absolutely love what Keith David did with Captain Anderson. He asserts himself as a captain. He uh, he backs Shepard when Shepard has no one, you know, backing him. Uh, he had the council all against him, but Shepard, or I'm sorry, Shepard, but Captain Anderson was still there to support him, even if the rest of the council wasn't. Um, so I thought he's just such an amazing character. He stood up to, uh, I can't remember the other guy, uh, the older white guy, he is, uh, he's an awful, awful dude, but he stood up to him on many occasions and, uh, man, Keith David does such a great job of voice work. And I would have put Arbiter on here as well, but he's kind of a alien creature. He's not really, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Keith David loved that dude. So, uh, any other thoughts on our, uh, topic of the show? Uh, no, I, I think it's, it's awesome that, uh, that we're able to, you know, name a, a good, a good amount of them. Like I, I would also say Henry and Sam from the last of us There's like, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, I, I got a lot of naughty dog, <laughs> yes. uh, on the list, but, um, yeah, it's obviously we, we, we are heading in, uh, the right mm-hmm. direction when it comes to inclusivity in, in video games. We still have, uh, a, a ways to go, but I, I, I definitely have to applaud, um, the right that we're doing like we're, we're seeing it with female characters we're seeing it with people of lgbtq plus characters are being uh included more and more in indie games not really triple a stuff but even with cyberpunk like they're letting you make a character that you want to make it doesn't really yeah. like it doesn't matter like just do who you want to do make who you want to make and it, it's cool that the 
the video game industry is starting to, you know, kind of catch up with that kind of stuff with inclusivity, whether it be race or gender and, and stuff like that. So it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better than what you, uh, the way you just put it. So yes, uh, everything you just said, I absolutely <laughs> echo everything. Um, so, uh, again, Roro, I really appreciate you coming on here, uh, as a guest, uh, host, uh, co-host and I welcome you whenever you want to come back on, you're welcome anytime you come back on. Cause, uh, I, I really think you, you provide a, another perspective that is really helpful and, uh, I would absolutely uh, welcome you with open arms anytime you want mm. to join or uh, even if you wanted to join on a permanent basis, we could talk later, but uh, I would, I would yeah. definitely recommend uh, you to come back. So uh, Thank you. yeah, I was thinking like Sean's PlayStation, yeah. your Xbox, yeah. I could be Nintendo. There we go. That would be it. That would be it. <laughs> We will we will talk after this, but I okay. I would definitely I would welcome it a hundred percent. So uh-huh. uh, thank you again for coming out. Uh, thank you everyone to watching the uh, live stream. Uh, just as a reminder, again, you guys can watch us every single week on YouTube. We are live. Uh, really appreciate the support, guys. Remember, Black Lives Matter, and remember, we are all people. We are all people. Please love and support one another. We are all just people. Much love and keep on gaming.